0: You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the only daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, available on iTunes, on Audio Boom, wherever podcasts are found. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. It is Thursday, kind of a slow day when it comes to the Pelicans and preseason in training camp, so we're probably going to have a bit of a shorter podcast uh, today. But there are some things I want to go over, and we're just going to kind of dive right into everything in a moment here, where uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the game from the other night, against the Chicago Bulls before we start moving on to the Pelicans' next preseason game against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. Uh, a little bit more to take away now that I've managed to re-watch it again. Uh, I want to talk about some good and bad, more on the bad end and maybe where the Pelicans lost this game that they had a big lead on um, and after they scored a lot of points at times really quickly. All that was good. We covered that yesterday. But I want to dive in a little bit deeper to certain things, something that Alvin Gentry also mentioned uh, force, as well as just catch up on a few things around the Pelicans and, a le- and the league as a whole that I haven't been able to touch on just yet because we've been so busy. So probably a shorter podcast, but it's going to be kind of dense with different topics. So let's just dive right into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So one thing I want to dive a little bit deeper on from the other night's game is offensive rebounding. I know a lot of people wanted to see this team go aggressively after offensive boards, and it goes kind of against the Alvin Gentry style of system, which is just get back after shot, get set on defense. The Warriors do it. The Spurs notoriously do it. There's a couple other teams that do. And there are some examples of teams that do go heavily after offensive boards and also have good transition defense. But it's not the norm. And when you're missing Solomon Hill in this lineup, I don't know if that's something you can necessarily do. On the night against the Chicago Bulls, the Pelicans grabbed a total of six offensive boards you had two from Diallo two from Davis one from Cousins one from Holiday that's it but you know you think maybe they can go after it not after you hear what Alvin Gentry said after the game he said our transition defense wasn't very good we got to have to, we have to do a better job of getting everyone back so that we can pick up we were scrambling too much in our transition defense uh really the last three quarters and Look, when you hear him say that, you think they're going to stay up front trying to grab offensive rebounds instead of hustling back, trying to get set and taking away those transition opportunities? I don't think so. I think it's pretty clear that this team's going to be going, uh, get back and just try and take away the easy buckets and forego those easy, you know, put back dunks, what have you. I think that's okay. Uh, for this team as well you know they'd be it might be nice if they can do it and maybe in certain team against certain teams that's going to be the game plan but look especially when the defense looked very bad in transition there was miscommunication and as I said in yesterday's podcast that's to be expected to be honest it's the first preseason game it's the first time you're seeing different schemes and going against things that you know really are aren't what you're used to in practice and seeing something new, let alone against like a young, hungry team as well. And again, it's okay to have some screw-ups. It's do these persist the rest of the preseason. You know, right now, while there's communication issues, issues of people pointing the finger, who do you pick up? Is that my guy? Is that your guy? That's where I think they're not going to go for boards. As this season goes on, maybe. I think that's where you might see them start to go after offensive boards maybe in the second half of the year, those final 41 games, when they are comfortable with each other on defense, when they do feel that they just innately know what to do when the communication's better, that's where you can maybe take some chances and mix, mix things up. And as we've seen and heard and been told, they're going to introduce things slowly but surely. Right now they're focusing on shot selection. I said it yesterday. Five total mid-range jumpers, one's from Cliff Alexander – it really should just count as four. So for the Pels, you're doing things kind of in steps incrementally here, which is a bit concerning because you would like this team to be ready to go and often running when they hit training camp and preseason, especially with the condensed preseason. But as you know, Coach McMillan told me yesterday or the other day that you know, this isn't really an established team. Basically, you're still putting in Boogie, who's new, even though you had 17 games with them. Add in Rondo, who's a significant starter for this team. Ian Clark, maybe Tony Allen he didn't play the other night, but who knows what his role is going to be. And some other pieces, and maybe, you know, Dante Cunningham playing a different position It's not like you're an established team and you still aren't able to get everything you want done in training camp if you're the Pelicans. Disappointing, but if they keep playing and introducing the right fundamentals and the right pieces to this offense and this defense at the correct time, that's why I think it'll be okay. Shot selection first is an easy one. Don't take mid-range jumpers. Drive, hit the rim, or take a three or pass to a guy who's going to drive or take a three instead of the mid-range jumper. That's great. That's really easy to do and bring into the team. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think offensive rebounding is going to be one of those aspects that you're going to see for quite a while. Another area of concern I want to mention, and this one really is glaring and jumps out, but it's not necessarily like we weren't expecting this to be an issue for this Pelicans team, and that's the free throw shooting. Davis and Cousins carried this team getting on line. Davis went uh, and had 14 free throw attempts. Cousins had nine. The next closest guy was Cech Diallo in 12 minutes with five. We're not going to see Diallo doing this all that often, let's be honest. I think we kind of understand his role and, you know, the situation he's going to be in. So let's discount him from this for a second. But the rest of the team totaled four free throw attempts. Holiday had two. Crawford had one. Charles Cook had one. Guys like Darius Miller didn't have one. Ian Clark didn't have one. Those guys both played above 20 minutes. Etuan Moore didn't have one. He played above 20 minutes. Cunningham played 14 minutes didn't have one. This is a bit of a concern for the team. Rondo didn't have one. He played 30 minutes, uh, 31 minutes. These guys need to take advantage and get some easy points that the bigs and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins put them in situations to get. And that's by getting the opponent in foul trouble early on. And if they're not going to take advantage of this, you're wasting just... Uh, an an opportunity there the Bulls had 25 personal fouls compared to the Pelicans 17 last night that should have resulted in a couple more free throw attempts I think well the overall numbers look good and the Pels took 32 compared to the 13 for the Chicago Bulls so they're winning that battle if these guys are getting the team into the bonus and everything you've got to take advantage and start being more aggressive so you'd like to see some more aggression Out of guys like Darius Miller and out of Dante Cunningham, I'm not as worried about Rondo. One, he's not a great three or uh, free throw shooter, so cool. That's fine if he doesn't do it. But the other guys who are still kind of incremental pieces—Miller, Clark, Moore, uh, Tony Allen when he comes back—and all in that group of guys, you know, in Cunningham—they need to show some aggression. You, even if you're not great at driving and doing a lot of other things, if you know you're going to get fouled and go to the line. Frickin' do it anyway and take advantage of the situation that you're in. And we didn't see the Pelicans do that last night, which is a bit disappointing. Again, it's one preseason game in. We don't want to read too much into it just yet. But it's worth keeping an eye on as we go forward. We were worried about this going into the season. But when they've been talking about aggression and kind of instinctual moves, get the ball and drive, that's where you're going to pick up some fouls. And the Pelicans didn't do it last night. So before jumping into the roundup of the other Pelicans news we need to touch on and talk about at least a little bit, I do want to mention we've got season previews coming out all on the Locked On NBA channel. And you guys have heard me talking about this channel a bunch the past couple of days. You need to subscribe and be listening to it. It's once a week. Right now it's going to be more than once a week. But there's five-minute season previews for every single team coming up over the next couple of days. So make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On uh, NBA podcast hosted by the head of the Locked On podcast network, David Locke. Get caught up around the league. Know just a little bit about every team as we start the season. So make sure, again, you've subscribed to Locked On NBA. All right, so as we touch on just a little bit of news around the team and some things I want to mention, one, I saw some outcry on Twitter about it last night, and I had one of these beverages myself, but Dixie Beer, the new brewery that, uh, not new brewery, it's been around for a long time, that Tom Benson now owns, it was featured heavily, was featured very prominently and heavily in the arena and can confirm still not a huge fan of it. I don't know if it's a new recipe Or if they're using just the same old Dixie beer recipe, but I think everyone knows Dixie beer, not very good, can confirm. Still not very good, but I think this is something that if you're in the Smoothie King Center, you're going to be drinking a bunch. Uh, Particularly if you're a season ticket holder, they're redoing the season ticket holder uh, beer garden they have before games. I would assume that's gonna be, and I've been asked about this. I don't know why I'm an expert on this, but or being considered an expert on this. I would assume it's gonna be like the Dixie Beer, see, the Dixie Beer season ticket holder beer garden, or some name like that. And instead of like Miller Lite and Coors Light, they're gonna be serving Dixie beer, probably only that, in the beer garden before games from now on. Also I don't want to rag on anyone here but the Pals and their beers at times don't do necessarily the right thing uh, a couple of years ago they ate I think the gambit or someone or NPR it was Jason Saul down here before he moved away uh, was was literally doing research on this where if you ordered a large it was like nine dollars and then if you'd ordered a small beer it was six dollars but the difference in them, uh, was, was almost negligible. It was like an ounce and a half more for the large beer than the small beer, which technically that is a larger beer compared to the small one, just an ounce and a half or so, but probably not worth $3 more. So it's always, by the way, if there's a tip I can give you going to games, it's get the $6 beers instead of the $9 beers or whatever they are now. Um, Dixie beer in the regular size is $10. That should not be the case. I think we all know this. Come on now. Besides the point, they'll want to mention it out. I mean, look, he owns the brewery. What are you going to expect? Uh, You know, they've got to tie that into everything. You know, I haven't been to a Saints game yet this year, though. That's coming soon. Uh, And I'm assuming it's pretty prevalent there as well. Moving on to the next thing I want to touch on here in the shorter edition of Locked on Pelicans today is Martel Webster, a guy who was on the Pelicans training camp roster, did announce on Twitter his retirement. People were wondering if he might have an outside shot at making the team. And I said, of all the guys that are on those non-guaranteed deals and kind of fighting with Jordan Crawford to make that final spot, he probably had the best chance. If the Pels kind of went with just more worried about position as opposed to better player, Crawford's better than all of those guys. But if you need, if you want a small forward, and you know, which I don't think is the right move, take the better player and figure it out. Um, in Jordan Crawford, it was going to be Martel Webster made the team over Perry Jones the third. And now it's definitely not going to be Martel Webster's. He retired. I mean, look, he wasn't going to make this team. I think these guys know they're not going to make the team. They're just here, Um, earn a paycheck, kind of just play some ball a little bit. Hopefully they get a couple of minutes to impress and and latch on with another one. But I think Martel Webster at his age and his time in the league, he's retiring. He's done. I think he said he wanted to spend more time with his family, which is, I always think it's a very nice thing to do so. You know, good luck on retirement, Martel Webster. But frankly, I don't think this is news to anyone. He wasn't going to make the team anyway. So I don't think this is anything we need to mourn the loss of here. So finally, in the at the end of the grab bag of topics here, I want to touch on Zach Lowe, the best writer uh, covering the NBA currently and his league pass rankings, and he, uh, he split them up into two parts. And of the 30 teams in the league that are kind of ranked on a number of different criteria, Zeitgeist being one of them, so are they just kind of – do they come up in criteria? Are they part of the conversation? Uh, highlight production. Uh, are there good like moments to see in games? Style. He said this one's coaches. Do they play with flair, basically? League pass minutiae. I kind of like the the rankings and the breakdown of everything. And he goes, sights and sounds matter. So, you know, we got Joel Myers here, which is always a good thing. Uh, And certainly uniforms matter as well. And then he goes, unintentional comedy, which the Pelicans with Jordan Crawford, Rondo, and DeMarcus Cousins certainly can have some of. So of all 30 teams in the league, he ranks the Pelicans sixth. Uh, basically they're the sixth most entertaining team or team to watch a team. You need to keep your eyes on. Um, the Sixers are ahead of them followed by the Rockets, the Celtics, Oklahoma city, Thunder and Golden state. And I think other than maybe, maybe the Sixers, you can easily make a claim for the rest of those teams to be above the Pels, but certainly six is pretty good. And I, this has gotta be the highest they've been, right? I don't have kind of the old rankings on this, but You know, certainly, and I've talked to a number of people about this, this team's interesting this year. Whether they they make the playoffs and everything goes really well or they completely combust and just this thing burns to the ground in such a flamingly bad way, that's also a possibility. There's, like, kind of no middle ground. Either this is going to be a great season or, oh, no, are we looking at, I don't know, just basically, you know, charred ashes and scorched earth at the end of the season, So certainly this is going to be a fun year to watch. And basically he says it. This team is an experiment that the league needs to pay attention to. You're going against the grain with these two bigs. And no, they're not traditional hulking centers like two Omer Aschiks and being like, can you win with those guys? No, these are guys who play like guards, and you certainly saw it in the game against the Bulls, both of them driving from the perimeter in the three-point line like guards. But this is... You know, a very interesting team to watch because maybe, as he says, they're kind of the Warriors' antidote, and maybe New Orleans has struck some gold here and it's all going to work out. But certainly, you know, this team's going to be a lot of fun to watch with guys like Jordan Crawford, Rondo, Cousins, and Anthony Davis. We kind of get used to this, uh, but on any given night, can put up some unbelievable highlights that we kind of maybe take for granted that the rest of the league shouldn't. So, This is going to be a fun team to watch, especially as we get deeper into the season when they're starting to hopefully hit their stride uh, and go out and play very well. It's just, they're fascinating whether this works or doesn't. For Pelicans fans, hopefully it's going to work though. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Like I said, kind of dense, a bunch of different things I wanted to jump to, talking about the game, just talking about random things around the league that I think are interesting and you all should pay attention to when it comes to your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, We'll have a podcast tomorrow, going to be previewing the game against Oklahoma City. What are we watching for? What do we want the team to build off of from that Chicago Bulls game? And what are we worried about that we need to see the team fixing? What becomes two things in a row that we start to be concerned with? I'm going to let you all know about that and more. Hopefully I have some other news. I've been working on a few previews for different places about the Pelicans this year. Might have some more news about my writing personally. Not quite sure when all that's coming out yet, but hopefully soon. So hopefully we'll have an update on a lot of that tomorrow for you all. So I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.